So welcome to another edition of the NCBI podcast. I'm June Tinsley, Head of Communications and Advocacy with NCBI. And today I'm joined by Madeline McNamara, who is an NCBI service user herself um, and a parent and uh, also a parent of a child with, with a vision impairment. Um, and welcome to the to the show, Madeline. Great to have you on board. Hi, June. Good to talk to you. Um, I suppose if you want to just kick off by... Uh, telling our listeners um, a little bit about yourself. Absolutely, yeah, no problem. Um, well, probably you can tell from my accent that I'm not originally from these Isles. So I'm from um, Britain originally, from the UK. And uh, I was born with a visual impairment. Um, the, the first person in my family, so it was a bit of a shock, as you, as you can imagine. Um, and at that time, I was born back in, back in the 70s. And I went to um, schools for the visually impaired um, and went all the way through my I sort of school education in special schools. Um, and then um, I, I worked as an insurance underwriter when I left school and then went to college and did various things. I did, did uh, speech and language therapy and met, met my uh, husband and moved to Ireland. So that was back in 2000 that we moved here. And I have now two daughters, the second of, of whom is um, is um, visually impaired. Um, but they're growing up now, pretty much. So um, I had a good, good, good place with them. Got through the hard parts, hopefully, of <laughs> raising children. <laughs> That's true. The, hopefully the, the teenage years are behind you and let's hope that the, the future is bright for them. But um, yeah, so. tell us a little bit about your experience uh, as being a parent with a vision impairment. Well, I think like anything you do for the first time, it's always going to be a challenge. And I remember my eldest daughter is 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 fully sighted, but obviously when it, when when you have a baby, it doesn't matter whether they can see or not. You know, the, the challenges are the same for the parent in in those early stages, True. changing nappies and and all those sort of practical things. And I know it was very stressful. Um, you know, I used to be worried whether I would be able to change a nappy properly and see whether I had cleaned the bottom properly and, you know, all those sort of things. But yes. I was very lucky that I had support from my mother-in-law at the time. She came and stayed with me for the first couple of weeks and, you know, helped me with those sort of practical things just to, you know, to, to give me the confidence that I could do it myself. And once I had sort of learned how to do them and got confident, it was it was good. Um you know, but it, it 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 is a challenge. There are things that that are obviously going to be more difficult for somebody that can't see very well than for a fully sighted person. But like anything else, there are ways around things, and I I certainly found that. Um, but having having some good support is obviously really important. Um, I mean, I did everything myself. I my husband works very hard. He works very long hours, so I was you know responsible for for caring for the baby and as they got older for the, for the children um pretty much you know all the time and was able, was able to do things there were some aspects um with my younger daughter because of her visual impairment she had to have a lot of eye drops when she was a baby and that was something i couldn't do myself um so i used to it was very very fortunate that i had an amazing neighbor who would come in during the day and do the drops for me um you know and then my husband did them when he was home but other than yes. that but you know it was it was 
it, it, everything is possible. True, and I suppose having chatted to many other service users of NCBI, it, it certainly becomes very clear that um, people adapt to their circumstances and learn their own tips and uh, skills that they can use to uh, undertake different activities, um, be it looking after a baby or um, in a job environment or other parenting environment or, or whatever the circumstances are that you just kind of have to um, roll with the punches and, and adapt accordingly, um, um, according to your own skill set. Absolutely. They're, they're, you know, it, it is. It's about finding the way around things. I know one of the things I used to find quite challenging when they were little was, you know, if they were sick and you're having to give them Calpol and trying to, you know, for anybody who's hard, you know, you've got a screaming baby and you're trying to pour the medicine and get the medicine into them. But if you can't see very well, trying to pour the medicine into a, a measuring spoon and see. I have, I am very lucky. I have some sight, but still trying to do that, it's it's very challenging. But you you manage it. And then I discovered, I don't remember what age they were, but you could get sachets, which were or some kind of thing, which was the amount of the spoon. So I didn't have to be worrying about measuring it out. I could just put it into the spoon, and that was the right amount. Um, and another things, another good tip was um, if you were using a bottle of liquid medicine and that you can get a, um, if you use a syringe and you put a yes. bung into the bottle and you turn and turn it upside down and you can pull it down to the right amount. That was, was you know, so much easier than trying to pour anything into a spoon. And then equally getting it into the moving mouth of a baby, it's much easier <laughs> in a syringe that you can physically put into the mouth and squeeze it in rather than trying to, you know, spill medicine all over, all over them, you know. Um, so things like that, I, I found uh, I found very good. Good, good. I mean, say it's finding your own tips and aids that, that can help you. Um, do you think uh, having your, a vision impairment yourself helped you support your daughter? I think you have much more awareness of the challenges that, that they're going to face. Um, you know, and I, and I think also, so that's one side of it, which can be quite, it can be, I find it quite emotional at times because you, you, you feel it more for them than you would for yourself. But at the same okay. time, it's also good because I think as, as somebody that's vision impaired and who does everything myself, I know that it's possible to do that. I think for parents who are sighted, sometimes, you know, we can feel that, you have to protect your children all the time and that they won't be able to do things. You need to do things for them and, you know, they won't be able to tie their shoelaces or to make a cup of tea or to all those things. But I know that that, that you can. So often children can be reticent to do things. They don't want to, you know, they, for whatever reason. And I think if you're not aware that it's possible, you might think it's just because they can't do it because they can't see rather than just a child being a bit difficult. Um, yeah. You know, you don't let them get away with that. That no, no, you you can do it. You you know, you're more than capable, and with the right way of doing it, you 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 manage it. So I think that that was very helpful. Not you know, not wanting to hold her back, not thinking that she couldn't do things because she has a visual impairment. And so, I suppose it's trying to find that combination between a parent's instinctiveness to to protect your child. And to kind of do things for your child versus trying to empower them and promote um, life skills amongst them. Absolutely, you know it is, it is a balance, and children have going to have varying needs and abilities. And of course, you know, I think it's important to, to remember that you know everyone knows their own child. You know, um, 
so you know it, it, we're not all the same and not all children are the same um but i just think having that awareness that but with the right you know um methods and things like that it, it is possible for most visually impaired children to do all the normal things that, that other children can do and i think that's reassuring to, to remember that um yeah you know, very much with, so. the, with the support from ncbi and other you know organizations as well you know that that, that, that can be done and do you think in turn that your daughter has taught you anything about your own vision impairment? I think what she's taught me is that experience counts for a lot because what's interesting is that she actually has, she has different sight to me. She, I have some sight in both eyes, but the level of my sight is much less than hers, but she has no sight at all in one eye. And what I find interesting is that often, particularly when she was younger, I seem to see things that she didn't see and I think it's because you learn from experience you know what you should be seeing if you know what I mean if that makes any sense <laughs> um so it was it was kind of interesting to sort of be to sort of be aware that it's it's all learning you know our, our, our eyes are our brain is interpreting what is in front of us and it's not that we can necessarily see it see things in the same way that a fully sighted person would see but from experience, you know what should be there in lots of situations. Um, and I think and I found that fascinating, really, to kind of really see that in action um, between us, you know. And I suppose it's also reassuring for her to realise that those differences are there. And then with experience and, and age, that, that her, her life will also um, be different to what she sees as time goes on. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's been good for her, as you say, to see this, you know, I have less sight than her, but all the things I do. And so there's no nothing holding her back. I think it's given her that confidence that she, you know, wants to, to go on and, and, and do lots of things. And she's never shy of a challenge. She, you know, really gets into things and, and wants to do everything. She doesn't want to be any different from anybody else. She, she's quite a shy um, girl. You know, so that that can be difficult. But in terms of physical challenges, there's no stopping her. She will, you know, run as run as hard as anyone else, or or do all the, the you know, the physical challenges the same as everybody else. And certainly educationally, um, she works incredibly hard, and she's doing really really well. And uh, you know, there's nothing going to stop her from being as good as anybody else. Fair play to her. Fair play to her. Yeah, no, we're very proud of her. And rightly so. Um... And I suppose just in, in terms of um, being a parent with with a vision impairment, have you could you identify what the, the biggest everyday challenge that you faced um, as a, as a mum over the years, be it with babies or childhood or teenagehood? Um, and what was the biggest challenge you faced and how did you overcome this? Uh, I, th I think the challenge is, you know, for things that are close up, Things in your own home, you know, it, 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 you know, you can overcome most of those things. I think what's more difficult is when you're out and about or, you know, seeing things that are happening at a distance. I know, you know, if they were at a playground and things like that, whereas obviously it depends on the age of your child and when they're little, you're up close to them, you're staying with them all the time. But as they get a bit older and they're needing a bit more space from you and whatever, it's much harder with a visual impairment to have the confidence to sort of let your child run off to, to the other side of the park. So I think yes. in that sense, they were probably more restricted 
ha having a child, another child, my eldest, who is fully sighted, helped because at times, you know, they could go off together. And that I was fairly confident that <laughs> that might <laughs> look after the younger one. <laughs> but I think that that did have that did have an impact. I think I, I felt always that compared to, to other parents, I had to be concentrating much more where my children were. It couldn't just keep an eye on them out of the corner of my eye. I have to be fully, yeah. you know, engaged in that, which makes it harder to then engage with a conversation with friends because you're trying to, you know, really keep an eye on where your, ch your child is. And I never trusted other people, I, which is a bit of a failing. Even when I was out with my husband, if we were at something, and I'd never trusted he would fully look look out for the children and I would, you know, be constantly <laughs> on, on my guard, you know. So, I mean, I think that's more my personality possibly than other people might be happy to just sort of go, oh, he's he's watching so I can relax. Whereas I, I found I didn't really. But um, so I think a that strong mammy instinct, in fairness. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. But I think I think that was that was probably one of the biggest things, um, and and that you know, which is a challenge whether you're a parent or not. You know, that sort of socialisation when you're out and about, being able to kind of, you know, if if you're out and a, a friend of your child is waving at them or something and not seeing that. So I think from the socialisation aspect, it can be hard. Um, and I guess the only way around that is is as much as you can to make other parents aware um, so that they're not thinking you're being rude by ignoring them. And, you know, um, but that is that's just a reality, really. Um, Fair enough. Um, and in, in terms of your your own uh, personality, as you mentioned there, um, what kind of what what would you describe as being your your passions in life? Oh dear me, passions in life, that, that's interesting. Uh, I certainly like to like to be out and about. And at the moment with the whole COVID, I'm doing an awful lot of reading though, and it, which is a great um, a great thing to be doing. It really takes you out of, of where we're at now. And um, I'm, I'm enjoying that. I'm getting through so many books, it's unbelievable at the moment. So that, that's, that's a fantastic thing. Um, when I was younger, I was very active, did a lot of, quite a lot of sport. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, I, I think the change in life with with children and and my age, it kind of not doing quite so much of that anymore. Um, but that yeah. would have been something that was very important to me when I was younger. Um, now, now I'm learning Spanish, so that's a, a, a new challenge over the last few years, and just doing that online myself. Started doing it to help uh, my daughter with her learning, and she 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 gave up on it because she didn't 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 continue with it, but I I've stuck with it so. You know that's become a bit of a passion for me at the, at the moment as well. Fair play too. Well, hopefully when restrictions ease and summer holidays are permitted, people you could go back to Spain and, and yeah. put it into practice. Yes, absolutely. I'd be definitely wanting to to get to Spain and see if can I actually yeah <laughs> you know converse with a real person rather than a computer, <laughs> which would be nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned there about uh, COVID nineteen has um given you the opportunity to to read a bit more. Um, yeah. Has it had much of an impact on your, your life and your and your family life? Um, I mean, it's, it's obviously changed because before COVID, I was, I have had, you know, various things, that, you know, in terms of work over my life. So as I said earlier at the beginning, I was a speech therapist for a while. Um, but unfortunately, I, I had to stop that because I have developed a bit of, I developed a, a hearing impairment as well. 
So it made it very difficult because relying on your sight, you know, I, I was relying on my hearing to combat the deficits in my vision for that yes. job. So it kind of made it somewhat difficult. Um, and then I, when I sort of had my children, I, I was just passionate actually about being a mother. And I love being at home with my children and raising them. And that, for me, was was the most important job. Um, so I was beginning to get back to getting into employment before COVID sort of hit. So that's obviously come to, come to an end. Um, but the good thing for me is because is that I, I've kind of over the years been used to being at home a lot. And, yes. you know, being restricted to my own town has just been a reality all my life. So I think compared to a lot of people who are missing, you know, traveling or going, going, you know, to different places around the country for their walk or, or whatever, I, I'm not missing that because I didn't have it um, so much. I mean, it's obviously different having everyone at home. Um, my eldest daughter's in college, obviously from home and um, in school, and my husband is working from home. So that has been different, uh, you know, not having the house all to myself. But it's it's been quite nice, actually. So I think compared to a lot of people, I, I really can't complain. I've you know, been very, very lucky. Great, great. Because um, in, in fairness, it has been a, a difficult year for, for many people. And, it it uh, really has. And I, I do feel feel for people. Um, you know very much so but I, I and I, I feel very blessed really that you know I, I am very lucky. Thankfully everybody's health is still um, in tip-top shape and that's really what matters. Uh, yeah no 100% as long as we have our health we've got everything really don't we I think at the end of the day. True very true and I suppose um, what do you think are the main things that need to change to ensure um, people who are blind or vision impaired can live their life to their full potential? I think one of the, the main things that I see it is that, that society realises that just because you have a visual impairment or any disability, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't be as an active participant in society and, you know, and, and can do as much as everybody else. And I think we need to get away from seeing people with a visual impairment as people that we need to take care of. Um, and, and see them as people who, yes, might need some extra supports, but who that, that are people who can can participate and contribute as much as anybody else. I, I think to me that is the big change. It's just that mindset of just seeing us as as people, the same as everybody else, but who can't see very well. And and I think that that is the biggest thing that I that I would say, um, you, you know, needs to change. And I suppose that needs to change right across the board, be it from um, government down to employers, down to Joe Public, um, right across the board, that people realise that having a vision impairment doesn't necessarily define the person. Um, there's, there's so much more to that individual. Absolutely. And, and I think one, one way that that can be, can be done and is by just making people with, with vision impairments more visible, you know, by having people with a vision impairment participating not as the token visually impaired person on something but as just a person who was doing a job you know so I don't know whether you know whether they were if somebody was a was a lawyer or whatever job they had as a vision impaired person if they were participating on a show or whatever in their capacity as a lawyer not as their not in their capacity as a vision impaired person I think it's it's that changing the shift from you know, the vision impaired person to 
the lawyer. You know, it's about seeing them as a person doing that job rather than a vision impaired person doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it's it's that kind of thing that, that, that we need to see change on, really, I think. And that, that yeah. obviously, a lot of work behind that to get people with visual impairment into those positions or doing any kind of jobs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a lawyer or anything. Just, you know, doing those jobs. And I suppose, lastly, if I can just ask, um, what one piece of advice would you give to other parents with a vision impairment? I think, you know, becoming a parent, whether it's the first time, it is a stressful and a challenging time for anybody. You know, it, it, we will say, you, know, you never know what it's going to be like until it happens. It's such a life-changing event, no matter whether you can see or not see. But just to know that you will, you're more than capable of doing it. Um, you know, and there is, there is support there, um, you know, for people. And, you know, it's, it's, it's possible. And it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing to be a parent. You know, just the joy of, of having a child and just all the different joys that there are that come along with that is, is so amazing and, and you can do it. Um, you know, I have friends who are completely blind who have raised children perfectly well. Um, and so it can be, it, it can be done, you know. So. And it is, as you say, a, a truly rewarding experience, especially Absolutely. with all the different stages that, that uh, children and teenagehood and adulthood all, all bring. Absolutely. Oh, it's it's one of the most, it's, 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 it's such a gift, you know, to see, you know, the stages they go through and all the developments and, you know, they're absolutely amazing. So don't feel, you should never feel that you can't do that just or enjoy that and participate fully in that and be an amazing parent. You can, um, you know, there will, there will be inevitably some things that you're going to find more difficult, but there is help, you know, there is support. Um, whether it be family members, whether it be a neighbour, I had an amazing neighbour, and who, who was just fantastic. You know, so to reach out to people for those small things that you can't do. You know, there will be sometimes there are things you need help with, and don't be afraid to ask. Yeah, exactly. And asking for help is is not a sign of weakness in any shape or form. Um, it's there to be to be offered and to um, actively seek help to help to get you through whatever you need to do. Absolutely. I think asking for help is a sign of strength in many ways because it's, it, it's, it's acknowledging, you know, I can't do this. I need help in order to find if I'm going to do this thing. I think it's a good thing. It really very much is. Excellent, Madeline. Well, very sound piece of advice. Um, and I suppose I would just like to thank you again for participating in, in this podcast. No, thank you. Um, I hope it's you know, been helpful for people and uh, it's been a, a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. And I suppose if any of our listeners um, are interested in learning more about some services that NCBI can offer you in whatever walk of life that you have, um, to access our services, simply call our info line 1850 33 43 53.